Welcome back to the Movie Babble Podcast. This week, you've got myself and Brennan. Uh, Nick is off helping the Biden crime family steal the election. Um, and so Brennan and I are here to talk about a whole lot of nothing that was really going on at the box office this week. Um, a, we're in 2020 and there's just not a lot releasing. Uh, but even on top of that, there just wasn't a ton of activity. So like the, I guess you could call it the biggest release of the, of this week is Let Him Go, which is the long-awaited um, Man of Steel 2 sequel starring <laughs> Kevin Costner and uh, Diane Lane. And um, it is not, unfortunately, a Man of Steel 2 sequel, um, but it is just kind of – it honestly feels like something that should have been a Clint Eastwood movie just from seeing the trailers. But basically uh, – uh, Costner and Diane Lane are going to look for their uh, daughter-in-law and her child and like meet um, her or sorry, her daughter and they meet the son's family. And it turns out they're like some weird manipulative, manipulative, like Texas chainsaw family um, almost, but just like something in that vein. Anyways, bad stuff goes down. Old people save the day. Um, it really sounds like it should be a Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. Um, I know this movie's hitting theaters up here in Canada next week. Uh, they've been pushing it pretty hard um, because there really isn't much coming out. So that's going to be one of the newer releases. The first one in a bit up here. We had uh, The Possessor Uncut come to theaters not too long ago. There are a few other small movies. Um, but yeah, that's that's coming back. Also, we had Toy Story this weekend as well, making five hundred grand in a re-release. Yeah, um, and I'll I'll touch on that a little bit later, but I happily contributed my five dollars toward that five hundred grand. Um, but yeah, Toy Story <laughs> made money, and we've kind of really seen that specifically with Disney. Um, you know, they had Empire Strikes Back was up in the top five for just weeks on end because um, they launched it really when theaters opened earlier in the summer, and then it came back for the fortieth anniversary later in. September. So it was just kind of consistently there all summer. Um, we've talked a lot about how Steven Spielberg was really cleaning up the summer. Um, but it looks like, honestly, like Let Him Go is kind of supposed to be the biggest release <laughs> for the month, possibly even the rest of the year. You know, they just pulled Free Guy and Death on the Nile. Uh, Wonder Woman is still there, so far as we know, but so was Tenet, um, you know, up two weeks until it was supposed to launch. Um, so yeah, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane could be the highest or the uh, like the biggest box office haul of of the uh, holiday season potentially. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing, but that that's definitely looking like where we're headed. Um, so I'm not able to find any big numbers on Box Office Mojo just because of just how odd the release is, and you also have to count. You know, Regal is still closed, so releases are going to be off on top of how off they've already been the rest of the year, but it looks like it pulled in a cool 4.1 million so far. Um, I don't know how much of that might have been from streaming or, or just, you know, if they're lumping other things together, cause these are Wikipedia numbers. So who knows where they came from? Um, but yeah, nothing crazy going on at the box office. Um, unfortunately, most Americans, uh, we're watching other things on their TV this week. Um, so we did have the election. So I know like uh, you and I were talking about it a little bit before uh, we hopped on, but like I, I didn't watch a movie in between last Saturday and yesterday just because like I was watching election results or 
dreading watching election results or talking about watching election results um, pretty much all week. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it was kind of cinematic almost. <laughs> it's a long movie. It's a it's a it's pretty much a, the Irishman of the year, right? It's it's super long, drawn out. I don't think I was expecting it to go five days, but uh, the election did go five days. Um, what what it was on started on Tuesday, right? For me, it felt like one long day from Tuesday to like yesterday. Yeah, it felt like it just wasn't ending. Um, you know, I I would wake up every morning and it would get a little bit brighter outside, which was nice. I made a ton of memes um, just to cope with the situation, uh, which I'll I'll probably throw those in the in the article when we put this pod up. But yeah, it just like. Man, what a week. You know, it felt like that 30 Rock meme. Uh, you, you'll probably know the one I'm talking about where uh, Tina Fey comes up and says, "Wet man, what a week. And uh, Alec Baldwin's <laughs> character goes, Lemon, it's Wednesday. Um, it just felt like that every single day. Um, just <laughs> the week that would not end. Um, yeah. Fortunately, it has reached a conclusion and hopefully a good conclusion. So I'm feeling pretty good now. Yeah, this was something that I mean. What, what I mean, the results. I mean, whichever way you want to look at them, it, it was it was interesting because obviously you had the night of. You kind of had this this red mirage almost of uh, Trump up in a lot of these states, and I do call it a red mirage because I, I knew for a long time. I don't think a lot of people did know, and I was nervous that a lot of people wouldn't know because I figured it would lead to almost civil unrest, and it pretty much did. But I knew for months that. Uh, I think since late August, I had, I had figured, um, and especially after seeing even some uh, videos on this, that it was going to look like Trump was up pretty comfortably on election night. Like when people go to bed on the East Coast around uh, midnight, 1 or 2 a.m., and on the West Coast in the U.S., uh, getting closer there, 9, 10, 11 o'clock, when you go to bed around that time, it was supposed to look like Trump was up. And I, I had known this for a while that it was going to look like that. Because obviously there, there, there was a stark contrast between who was doing better with that mail vote. And we knew for a while, ever since Trump decried mail as fraud months ago, that Democrats were uh, – or that – sorry, that Republicans were much less likely to vote by mail. And that's exactly what we saw play out. And it was it, – for me, it was kind of surreal to watch it play out live because um, – uh, I knew it was coming even. I knew this whole thing was coming. It was going to look like that on the night of, but it was still crazy to watch. And I still had this like feeling in me. I'm like, oh, wow, he's he's done it again. Like he's he's uh, defied like the polls and defied everything uh, in 2020 again. But no, lo and behold, uh, as a lot of people are saying, the mail pulled through. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was one of those people that expected it to be a little bit more even um, even before the mail-in ballots. Um, so I was just like watching it Tuesday night was just kind of disheartened because they like they got through some of the big counties um, and it looked like Biden was up pretty much across the, the board and then the tide just immediately turned in the opposite direction. Um, I went to bed Tuesday night and it was about as red as could be. Um, and yeah, I woke up Tuesday morning, saw that quite a few of the notable states had flipped and, and the ones that hadn't were getting... Uh, much closer than they had been when I'd gone to bed the night before. And then it was just kind of biting my nails and throwing out memes until they finally <laughs> called the results uh, yesterday morning. Yeah. And the betting, I don't know if you look at that at all. I had a friend that was updating me throughout the night, um, but the betting odds and the betting market was just going crazy because 
going into the night, I think you had uh, you had a pretty solid uh, edge for Biden in terms of the betting markets. Um, but then as the night progressed, it swung hard to Trump. And then middle of the night almost, I stayed up very late. I think it was 5 a.m. before I actually slept because I really wanted to see how the mail was going to play out. And I knew there were uh, several states that said we're trying to get it done tonight, especially Wisconsin. They had a court order that they had to be done their count by 4 p.m. the next day. So they were trying to get it done as fast as possible. So they were done. Uh, I knew they were going to come through at the 4 or 5 a.m. So I stayed up and saw that. And I saw that flip. I saw that state flip um, by staying up that late. But um, but yeah, it was it was interesting to see for sure. And also, I did want to point out Florida. Um, I know most states left mail to the end. And that's why you saw Biden's late comeback because of that sort of spread in who's doing better with the mail. Uh, votes, but Florida is a state that counted mail first or altogether even. And um, I was quite impressed with how fast Florida came in. I think Florida probably scared a lot of uh, people who are rooting for Biden. <laughs> and even me, I was, I expected Florida to go Trump. I predicted to go Trump in my map uh, that I made, but uh, I thought it was going to be close. And I thought there was definitely a shot that Biden could pull it out considering it was a state that Obama carried twice. But it went to Trump and it went fast. I don't know if you remember watching that, but Florida was done within an hour, hour and a half. And I was impressed with their counting ability. <laughs> I mean, I guess they really dropped the ball on 2000. So they've had to uh, <laughs> clean up clean up since then, right? So they had a really good counting uh, uh, mechanism uh, in place in Florida. See, here's the thing that just baffles me. So, you know, Flor Florida is one of the bigger swing states that we have in the United States. Um, and they, they always play a pretty significant role in the election. So my thing is, you know, and, and 2000 is definitely going to be the most um, adamant example of Florida being like the difference between red or blue. But here's my thing. Why do we trust the people of Florida to be the deciding vote, the deciding vote in the presidential election? <laughs> I mean, you see news stories, Florida man does this, Florida man blows up this, Florida man eaten by this, and we're trusting these people. <laughs> <laughs> with the fate of our country every four years oh my well i mean this time they didn't dictate it but it's uh it's 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 funny and it's looking like florida is becoming less and less of a swing state ever since trump came into play um but that's the thing democrats have flipped other areas georgia now looks like it's a swing state um arizona's now a swing state so i mean it's it was a very interesting few days um, it felt almost cinematic even like you had this, um, it, it was definitely, it was definitely a wild ride for sure. But I think, uh, we're happy with the results in the end. Yeah. I mean, it, it ended the way I hoped it might end. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good now. Uh, I watched the, uh, victory celebration from the end of return of the Jedi, like four times yesterday, <laughs> just feeling hype. You see all the Ewoks partying, all the different planets throwing out fireworks, <laughs> it's a good way to celebrate. Hung out with some friends, toasted yeah, the, to the man Joe. <laughs> the um, I'm, I'm like, even uh, what's what's one thing I'm a little upset about? I mean, I had a really uh, I was I was really watching this election for a long time, and I mean, this was a long process. You Americans, man, like this is like <laughs> an 18 month process to get this thing done, and like here in Canada with with the system that we have in place, elections are done within 60 days, and you guys have, I mean, you need it to be longer just the way it is, but it's a long process. Like you go back, I was looking back at 
everyone who ended up running. I mean, you remember Andrew Yang, like this guy announced mm-hmm. in 2018, like this is, this is a process that went on for a while and I'm glad it's done. Uh, thank God it's done. Uh, but it's, it was, it was definitely a, a wild ride. Yeah, it was, it was quite the experience, um, just to watch that. And fortunately I don't have to go through that much stress again for two more weeks until finals. So, <laughs> Um, but yeah, then, I mean, obviously like Twitter's just been a horrifying and great place. Uh, lots of good memes going around. Um, there was a video I saw yesterday of Spike Lee taking to the streets, just dancing in Brooklyn. He's got like champagne. He's popping all over the place. Um, like, I don't know. I've, there's just been a really big like celebration, um, over the next day, which, which really like took me back to that whole star Wars thing. Like <laughs> the results were announced. Everybody threw a party. Um, and it yeah. just felt very appropriate. And yeah, that is uh, Movie Babble pitches the election. Um, so we'll get more back into some of our more typical stuff. Um, so we'll run through the Netflix top 10. Uh, nothing too crazy. I think there's a couple that I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of interesting to see up in the top 10. Um, but coming in at number 10, we have Good Old The Grinch. Um, number nine, Rogue City. Number seven, Over the Moon. Uh, number I'm sorry, I'm going number eight, Over the Moon, number seven, The Impossible, number six, Snowden, number five, Easy A, number four, Holidate, uh, number three, Knock Knock, Mile 22, and at number two, and in the number one spot, it is Operation Christmas Drop. Um, so we're definitely getting into the more Christmassy part of the Netflix top ten. Um, I think this is only going to get worse the further we go <laughs> down the line. I mean, we're already at we're already at 30%. Of Netflix's top ten is Christmas movie. Um, yeah. It's just gonna get worse. There, there's no, <laughs> there's no getting around it. Um, so I, I don't really have a plan to ever watch Operation Christmas Drop. Um, I'm just gonna put that out there. I, uh, I don't <laughs> need to that, see an Air Force new, pilot. <laughs> is that a new Netflix uh, original? Yes. Yeah, so this is, and I'll read you Netflix's synopsis: a hard-nosed political aide falls for an Air Force pilot while attempting to shut down his program that brings gifts to people surrounding his tropical base. Nice. Um, so this is the most... Honestly, this feels very poignant for this week. You know, it's political. You got that element to it. It's holiday-themed. So you've got like a little bit of hopeful happiness in there. Um, so smart for Netflix to drop this. Um, I don't... Expect it to really have any crazy impact on the world, but it's it's here now. Yeah, and I mean, is that is that Grinch? Uh, which which uh, Grinch is that? Uh, that is the Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, oh, okay. twenty twenty fifth or sorry twenty eighteen Grinch. So so we're looking at Illumination still continuing to have a good lock on the Netflix top ten. Yeah, Illumination is just always hanging out. Um, yeah, especially now that like more and more of the Disney content has really left Netflix. Um, I, I think they still have a few big ones like Princess and the Frog, but, you know, they don't they don't really hang on to the top 10 quite like Illumination has proven to. <laughs> um, I also had a quick thing I did want to point out as well um, back in terms of box office news. But Tenet did hit three hundred and fifty million dollars uh, this weekend. Um so there's that. Now, 
know, I I expected them to actually who knows i mean we we've analyzed this a lot and i think a lot of, all three of us uh didn't really know it was going to go in terms of a pandemic but 350 million dollars it had just crossed and you know what it's probably not great in terms of the studio and, and the intake i think this will probably be a big hit when it hits streaming or uh uh on demand but in a pandemic i think that's a pretty good total yeah, and I think it's just rough for Tenet because Tenet has kind of been the experiment for everything else to figure out its plan based on. So I I don't think Tenet's really going to be a, a big victory like it would have been in a normal year either way, but it'll help studios make smarter decisions with the rest of their movies, uh, which right now it looks like they're all just pulling back further and further. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's 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 a sad thing to see, but... I hope there's now, I mean, I hope there's, uh, there's, there's something good on the horizon and I'm sure by next year we will get some vaccines. Cause I really do want to, I, I want to get back to a little bit, uh, of, of theater visiting. Uh, I know that you, you got to check out or you got to hit the theater recently, but, uh, it's, it's, it's been a tough time. Yeah. I'm just hoping that by the time we get to two tenant two, it <laughs> will really, um, just kind of get back to normalcy in terms of going to the theater. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I did check out the theater again this weekend. So I hadn't gone in about two weeks um, just because there wasn't really anything that was just calling my name. Um, but yesterday I did get the chance to see Toy Story, the original, and Goldfinger uh, up on the big screen. So Goldfinger, I had just watched last Saturday, actually, because um, when, you know, when when Sean Connery passed away and uh, Nick and I talked about this last week, I was like, I'm just going to watch Connery movies all day. So I started with the best Bond uh, that he was in, watched Goldfinger, didn't plan on watching it again um, anytime soon, let alone a week later. Uh, but when I saw it was coming to theaters, I just thought, you know, how many times am I going to get the opportunity to see Sean Connery up on the big screen? Um, so I went ahead and took it. Um, it still holds up pretty well. It's still, in my opinion, his best Bond movie. Um, you do notice like a lot of kind of the fault in the faults in the editing uh, with some of the action sequences. There's lots of like really quick speed ups where all of a sudden like a car will go 500 times faster with the frame rate right before a crash or you'll have just like a very weird cut in the middle of an action sequence because of the budget and just capabilities of effects at the time um but man just watching sean on the big screen just it was great um you know he's probably the only man um let alone the only james bond who can pull off a scene wearing a romp him uh <laughs> but he does that like second scene in the movie um and just makes it work you know what a legend yeah uh it's very sad to hear of his passing i mean he lived a long and good life and i think uh yeah, very fulfilling one, obviously, and he'll have left his mark for a long, long time to come. But it, it definitely is sad, and I mean, even for me, I know that you drugged uh, through all those Bond movies earlier this year, but oh, yeah. uh, I didn't. Yeah, but I didn't. And when Bond got moved, I decided, you know what? Now I have some space to do it, so I've begun that. I think uh, last month I started doing that, and I've got through his movies, and uh, they were they were really cool to see, especially because I didn't I haven't really seen many of them. I've seen Goldfinger, and I think that was the only one, so I was able to check out all the rest um, last month. So definitely a sad sad passing, but that's a that's a good experience for sure. Um, 
another tidbit of the bar but we didn't get any leader numbers last week it came out or two weeks ago it came out didn't it did we get any numbers for that yeah i haven't seen any um you know it was still in theaters this past week um yeah i mean good. i work at the theater right and it was it was in it, it took the imax a lot uh, about a week ago so it's, it's, it's kind of odd could the Biden crime family be <laughs> covering up the Alita numbers? Um, There's a real potential for that. You know, Biden has ties to China with that that totally real laptop. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, then so I actually didn't see any Goldfinger numbers either. Uh, but I think that was more of an AMC thing than it was okay. like a national thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Toy Story actually pulled in another 500,000. <laughs> so Disney, even when they're not making new stuff, they're still coming out on top. And that movie, I did not expect to age as well on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually was really good up there in in all those feet of uh, theatrical real estate. Um, so especially, you know, having watched Shrek about a month ago and even Monsters Inc. a few weeks ago that both released in 2001, I think that Monsters Inc. held up better than Shrek. I think Shrek held up well enough, um, but not even as well as the first Toy Story did. So I think the thing that the people jump to a lot is the dog. So if you watch, if you watch the original Toy Story in any format, that dog yeah. just looks it's horrifyingly bad. terrible. <laughs> And it's it's still really bad um, on the big screen, and I think the human faces don't really age as well for Toy Story on the big screen either. But the textures for all the um, rather inanimate characters, so specifically like Mr. Potato Head, uh, Slinky, even Rex to a certain degree, just like the texture work they did for those more hard plastic characters, I think really stands out. And so when you look at something like Shrek which doesn't really have characters with a lot of texture. And you look at something like Toy Story where they were going for that, you know, even before there was a standard for any kind of 3D animated movie, it really carries the movie a long way because the environments look a little bit dated just because they're kind of sparse and you're not able to do as dynamic things with lighting. Uh, But the characters themselves, which is kind of where the story holds up in general, um, just really stood the test of time. Uh, which I was happy to see. And I mean, come on, it's watching Toy Story in a movie theater. There's nothing that could go wrong there. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I, I definitely want to check it out on the big screen at some point. I don't know when I'll ever get the shot to do that, but uh, that's that's pretty nice that it, that it did hold up as well as it has. I mean, the dog, obviously. It doesn't matter where you're, where you're watching it. That dog isn't great. Um, but <laughs> the, dog, the dog ages well with each movie. Yeah, I mean, like they get they get better animating the dog in each movie, uh, but yeah, that that dog from Toy Story One is just horrifying. It <laughs> is scary, man. There's, ooh, that that haunts my nightmares. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I I can remember, I can picture it even in my head right now. <laughs> um, but for me, uh, so I've really haven't been watching much of the election kind of took over the week but 
uh 500 days of summer is the last movie i did check out earlier in the week and that's from director mark webb it's a movie i've always uh, wanted to watch joseph gordon levitt zoe deschanel um i like mark webb i think he did good with the first amazing spider-man i'm actually i'm i'm, I'm a fan of that film uh, i've always heard about how good this movie was and how nice this movie was so finally i got uh, to watch it after all these years and it, it's a good movie i think it's a good rom-com um, I don't really know what I was expecting. I, I think I was expecting more, but uh, I did enjoy it. I thought it was really sweet. Um, uh, and, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is is uh, pretty good in it as well. He's he's pretty charming. And Zoe Deschanel, she's never bad. She's always, uh, in my opinion, she's always kind of steals the show a little bit. But I, I enjoyed this movie. Have you uh, you seen this one before? No, it's something that's just been kind of a gap in my uh movie watching you know i've i've seen a lot of snippets of it i'm pretty familiar with both of the leads um you know new girl fans so of course mm-hmm. i'll show up for anything zoe deschanel um especially elf but yeah i actually haven't seen um haven't seen it so it's one i need to get to yeah no it was good i i, I enjoyed it i mean as I said, it didn't blow me away really, but it's it's definitely a charming movie, a nice movie, a sweet film. You have a good cast, and I I definitely watch it again. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely intrigued. I'll probably get to it at some point. You know, it's on that like never ending Netflix queue list where you're like, you know what, someday mm-hmm. when I have like an extra eight hours, I'm just gonna watch a bunch of movies, mm-hmm. and then you get there and you just end up watching Elite Battle Angel again. Um, <laughs> just you know the struggle. Uh um but yeah that is uh kind of what's going on at the box office right now there's there's really not a lot going on um i'm excited for this coming week because we get freaky releases in the u.s on friday friday the 13th um to be pretty specific yep and basically it's just uh freaky friday but vince vaughn is a serial killer and i'm forgetting i'm completely blanking on her name uh the main actress who was in the pokemon movie um is just like a teenage girl that switches bodies with him uh, while he's murdering people. And I honestly don't know what more you could want from a movie. This actually sounds pretty interesting. Are you thinking of Catherine Newton? Is that the name? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a really neat premise. Um, Vince Vaughn's always cool. I like uh, watching him in movies. And I, th- I like that. I think that's pretty neat. I think that could be a good little hit for Blumhouse. You know, I think this is where the tables are turned on 2020 because around this time last year, we got Black Christmas, which was like a holiday horror movie. (laughs) Um, And things really just started going downhill then. So now we get another holiday uh, horror movie that actually looks really interesting and might be somewhat original and good. Yeah. Maybe things start going up. You know, Joe Biden's in the White House. We can we can turn around here. There's definitely uh, there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to checking that out. Um, I'll probably try and catch a re-release of whatever's playing if, if anything tickles my fancy. Um, but other than that, that is pretty much this week's episode of the Movie Babble podcast. And remember, you can always check us out online at moviebabble.com. Mm-hmm.